Aha, well, let's see how this works. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a bit of an experiment. Um, you, you Hopefully, the sound is there. I can see it in front of me on the mixer. That's good. I've been doing this for how long now? Like 100, 112 episodes? Definitely two years. I didn't even pay attention to how long. We're, we're, we're hammering through this, but um, hopefully there's, an, there's, there's, a, there's a nice crew of people joining us in the, uh, in the chat. Hello, everyone. Um, let's, let, let's just not hold off. There's, there's actually quite a bit to do tonight. I don't know how much we're going to... Well, we will definitely get through it all, but uh, it's going to be a snappy one. But I always say that, and sometimes it doesn't. So hopefully this is going to work. Hello. Someone said, Chris, you're saying there's an echo. I hope there's not an echo. Is there an echo? Uh, tell me if there is. No, yes. Uh, anyway, the chat will tell me whether the, the things are fixed or not. Uh, the uh, the audio-only people will just deal with the chaos. I am going to uh, get on with it. So, first of all, the, uh, the, the the COVID stats. Let's let's do this thing. So, we all know the deal. Welcome to Railnatter, everyone. Um, so, let's now scribble on... There we go. Uh, right, so cycling is continuing to do quite well, which is nice. Uh, bus services and road have, have sort of done a bit of a flipperoo. I don't know whether that's a, a bit of a, a, a perk or a quirk in the statistics, and that might be updated, but that's a bit weird. Uh, I, I don't know why road has dropped like that. Is it holiday again? Is it is it the bank holiday, and people are travelling more by bus and less by road? Anyway, not sure about that. Rail is sort of smacking around here. So we were at, um, we reached a peak of, what was our peak? Our peak was here. This, this, I'm, I'm circling it in red. This, this peak, and the peak was 86 percent, um, which is, it's, it's all right. But we've we've kind of gone gone down and up, and I have. We're just going to kind of roll along this. I presume the sinusoidal sort of rolling up and down is really uh, a quirk of the fact that this is a rel this is relative to the equivalent day uh, pre-COVID year. But holidays and things don't exactly map map across. Uh, so, so I think that's a bit of a yeah, that's a bit of a, a bounce around. Um, people are pointing out, Lin Manfu included, that actually we've been doing this for 113 weeks because there was an episode zero. Yeah, that's, that's true. I should know that of my own uh, podcast. So that's the COVID stats. The news. Yeah, how's this all coming through? Is it fine? No echo. Everyone's happy. Marvellous. Excellent. Uh, I wasn't too late. I said I was going to be late. I apologize for being late. This might break in a few places because, as you'll shortly find out, there's this an experimental element to this. But... The news. Firstly, this guy. Not sure what else could be said. Audio only folk, you're going to have to tune in to the YouTube to understand what the heck. But uh, that's that's all I have to say on that. Next up. Oh, this the news is very much not in an order at all. Uh, so, fine, it happens. Let's have a look. So... <laughs> Wales Rails, yes. Uh, people are still talking about, uh, including Becca. So Becca and I had a good, Becca, friend of the show. Hello, Becca Wilkes. Hello, Rebecca. Uh, friend of the show uh, at the National uh, Wales. Um, did quite an interesting little piece. We had a proper chat. Uh, we did. We recorded some little video bits to make it a multimedia piece. Um, and yeah, we were chatting about the North to South Welsh railway map again. And we're definitely, for sure, going to have another episode on this in a while. And uh, yeah, so so yes, just stay tuned for that. When we do it, I'll 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 probably actually make a press release out of it since it's got so interested. Since it's got so interesting for a lot of people, I'll, I'll probably send it out to um. Well, no, what I'll do is send it out in advance to to Becca Wilkes and to a couple of uh, BBC uh, producers who, I, who I'm friendly with. Um, and then everyone else can fight for the scraps. But uh, yeah, Becca will be getting the exclusive because, you know, obviously. 
it's a ridiculous story because it's off my the back of my my um uh you know it's just off the back of a rail matter episode from over a year ago but it's been interesting and, and as a result of this, this this increased interest it prompted me to go in and have a look at what the specifics of an alignment might look like so, so i've actually gone in and done some crane easting so it might be a bit of a hybrid crane easting slash uh welsh rail network sort of network 2050 type episode and we can look at that in detail we'll do a whole episode dedicated to looking at my route talking about why it might be useful how it might be staged in terms of construction why actually it's far better than wasting money on Aberystwyth Carmarthen and indeed why Aberystwyth Carmarthen is far better suited to a a bus take it using bus rather than rail and and wasting decades of planning effort and and, and energy engineering effort on making a railway line isn't actually the right thing to do it's an it's a it's it's an opportunity cost situation so let's let's do that at some point in the future we shall do that in some point in the future uh, by in the future, I mean uh, when I finish doing the kind of the alignment design work, uh, because uh, it could be, uh, yeah, I think it'd be quite interesting to look at that. So uh, next on the news, yes, cross cross rail. People have been talking about cross rail. Um, uh, yes. Uh, oh, so people ask. Oh, hello in the chat, by the way. And yes, do at me in so I can see uh, and I can respond to your chatter. So Carl is saying, ah, so this was more than a written form of that rail napper episode. Yes, if sorry, go and go 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 find uh, Becca Wilts on uh, on Tinternet uh, via Twitter or or indeed just go to the national website. This is more of this extra. Did I gave everyone else is just off the rail napper episode. This is extra because Becca's great. She's a fantastic journalist. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this is a, a huge amount of uh, clever investigative journalism, but she asked clever, very good question. It's passionizing me to say clever. Becca knows exactly what she's doing. She really gets uh, gets how all this stuff ties together. She asked excellent questions and got some interesting answers out of me, particularly related to to buses. And asked a bit about HS two. No, this is this is extra on top of rail matter. I strongly recommend you go and uh, go and read that piece. Anyway, sorry, back to Crossrail. Um, it's half opening. Thanks to um, uh, thanks to Ian visits for for I, I kind of nicked this straight off his website. Ian, uh, hello, I'm, I'm waving at you. Uh, top chap um fairs yeah so we've got the fair zones in here we've got the fact that bond street ain't a thing for a while it's coming though uh we have well what else do we have we've, we've well we can see it's sort of splitting out down to heathrow so hopefully that kills um heathrow express i'm hoping that uh, that makes it dead because uh, it's a stupid service so get rid of uh, heathrow express just have it at crossrail no one will ever take heathrow express again the line up to reading i mean obviously this should also go to, to some thames valley stuff as well uh because that would be really useful but um uh yes so this the 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 the, the this 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 is this is good but it should continue on to to Ebsfleet. this is is good yeah fine what's the typo negative saying big fan of crossroads revolutionary new service in south london that you can see down on the bottom right in zone four there uh yes this bit uh revolutionary new service uh indeed yes Hardy har. Also, you'll know it's it's split still because as I kind of predicted, it was going to be. Uh, when did I predict this? It was before anyone really um, uh, was was sensibly talking about it. But I pointed out this ain't opening in full until May twenty three. I think I said that two years ago, and it's turned out to be correct. So that's good. It might delay further, but this project is a triumph and a disaster all at once. Like it it's, it shows that Britain, it, despite the most okay from an engineering perspective, not the most favourable, but from a political perspective, the most straightforward. Uh, uh, easy to deliver massive project has been a nightmare and it shows that Britain cannot deliver major infrastructure successfully. We can't do it. 
a lot of people are saying, well, no, this shows we can. It's like, no, this shows we can't. I'm hoping that we've learned a lot of lessons from this and that phase one HS2 will be much more successful. But frankly, all the meddling that's gone on for me shows that it's already kind of failed before it's even been opened and, and uh, constructed. So uh, uh, Jeff did a nice infographic and diagram of this. Excellent. Uh, cool. Uh, people are asking which has better stations, uh, Jubilee Line extension or Crossrail. Uh, the Jubilee Line extension is uh, is a very different scale. This is an enormous bit of railway infrastructure it's far far greater in scale and grander in capacity so it's a very different thing really it's it's very different have i visited it no i haven't i, I will visit it. i'm not visiting on day one I, I don't care for although it's always fun to do that sort of stuff i don't really care for turning up with all the all the adenoidal enthusiasts that was very mean wasn't it um i because i want to see it just working i want to see normal people working and how it looks in normal operation so no i'll probably turn up a bit later and, and, and give my perception i might tie it in as a, as a news piece or maybe do a bigger bit on it i might ride from one end to the other and give you my thoughts um who knows but i i i, I won't be turning up on, on on day one because I, I, I prefer to see these things when they're running kind of normally you know uh this a reminder by the way you'll you'll see all the new stations step free to the train all the existing stations step free to the platform why is that you wonder it's because crossrail is an enormous failure of design and that failure is that rather than doing the right thing which is designing a train that would match the platform infrastructure that we have now the standard that we have now um rather than that they chose to just procure the standard bloody uh Aventra, which is just a glorified... I'm sorry, it's just an Electrostar. They, they came up with a new name, but it's just it's still just an Electrostar. So, you know, that that's a, a very old train design platform, frankly. Uh, train platform rather than physical station platform. Um, they chose to just do the easy thing, which was that. They had to do it because Thameslink had gone with Siemens. So they ha they knew that politically they had to award Crossrail to, to Derby. The trouble is Derby cannot build... Well, they can build trains, but they cannot make trains that work and that means you know from a software perspective and a substantial volume of the delays come from how bad the trains were uh so yeah if they'd gone stadler well the trouble is stadler hadn't decided to enter the market properly by that point we've not there everyone's being tentative it's only really mersey rail that have, that have pioneered that all the greater anglia have actually ended up obviously introducing their trains first the stadlers the flirts but this, this is hugely disappointing and do you know why it's disappointing it's because the cost to eventually deliver full level boarding across the whole of crossrail will be enormous because you'll have to lift the tracks through the stations which will be for slab track very difficult not least because you'll end up with non-compliances at the ends of the platforms if you have to deal with gauging when you enter the tunnels. It might be that it's not possible because of the gauge clearance in the tunnels. It's just an enormously, you know, you're having to lift the trap by 200 millimetres. Just an enormously stupid, stupid decision that was made uh, early in Crossrail. So I, I have mixed feelings about Crossrail. Obviously, it's fantastic. It's a huge and, and triumphal piece of railway infrastructure. But um, no, this is a this is a serious failure. Uh, very, very problematic. Uh, if you want to understand more about this, go back to my level boarding episode where I can go into great detail about it. Right, so that's Crossrail. Oh, some fun news. And Stadler. Hello, Stadler. Friends of the show. I don't know if you are. I, I need to get someone from Stadler to come and join us and chat about the, the, how, how it feels getting involved in the rail market in the UK because it's it's hard. It's a strange... Well, the GB market is a very weird one. Anyway, 30 of these Cocos. We've been talking about the fact that we need a Coco locomotive... Uh, for uh, you know freight locomotive for the network and indeed Stadler are providing there I think it's the Eurojoule platform 
they're going to be called Class 99s, which is fun. That's a fun name for them. There are going to be 30 of them de- being delivered from 2025. Well, I put an asterisk there because that, that invariably might well get delayed, but we'll see. But um, this is an interesting... So it's, a tr- it's tri-mode, right? Now, that means pan. I think it means battery. And does it also mean it has a, a genset, a diesel genset in, in, in its tummy somewhere? I, I think that's presumably the, the, the tri-mode way. Um, that that's they're they're going to be that that is the the three sources of juice I believe so. Uh, B cross it wait a minute. Socorro is repeat, repeating a, a joke from the Discord. Uh, these trains don't look like they'd float. Uh, nope, it's it was probably better in context. But anyway, uh, Martha Lauren uh, loved uh, a ninety nine from the ice cream van. Yep. Uh, Richard Smith inst- instantly dislikes the 99s for stealing the tops number that rightly is reserved to C-Link ships, and I will only forgive them if they name them after the original class 99s. Yeah, that's a that's a legit fair fair enough uh, statement. Uh, Martha Law making pansexual jokes, lovely. Uh, thoughts on the the 99s fully replacing the 66 eventually? Well, yeah, for sure. I, I would quite like it if these became the they're they're 75 mile an hour locomotives, so they're, they're they're decent. You know, these are these are solid locos. I'd be interested to know exactly what the, lo- the axle load is through the, uh, and what they'll put through the track, given all the extra gubbins they've got to squeeze into a very tight package. Obviously, that'll threaten their reliability as well over a straightforward electric locomotive. So these are a bit of a messy compromise, in honesty. Um, but yeah, let's 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 see. Let, let's see. Obviously, it's, it's it's a good loco and 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 fine, all good, lovely stuff. So. Oh, let's keep cracking. It's quarter past already, folks. Let's let's do this. So what what else? Ah, shaps drops. Shaps categorically rules out Underground Manchester Station. Well, he, he can categor- he can attempt to categorically rule out uh, the Underground Manchester Station, but that doesn't mean that it's any, that he has any control over it. I hope that the uh, that Royal Assent is thrown out so that this uh, doesn't happen. But Phase Two B is working its way through Parliament, and I think this is enough. Of, this is a justifiable thing to stop it managing to get through Parliament because the design is wrong if it if they go for an above ground station. The the, the design will be wrong completely a, a complete failure of design so uh yeah let's see oh oh goodness all the all the chat yes terrible manchester decision absolutely um just 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 hopeless so so yes the the, the hs2 station in manchester should be an integrated high speed through station underneath piccadilly um for all sorts of reasons some of them are social for manchester lots of them obvious operational reasons like all like pretty much all terminal stations are being redesigned as through stations wherever possible so what else have we got? Come back for Sick Man of Europe. Hooray! Yeah, look, it's the UK. We're this funny like, little light blue uh, trace here. And as you can see, we're kind of, you know, bouncing around 2017 to 2020. Mixture of doing all right and then doing not so great and then doing all right. You know, weird instability of, of cyclical stuff, which is very surprising. I think some of that is like the, oh, good grief, let's do a load of stuff before Brexit happens. I think that's a lot of that. And then as you can see, Pandemic hit us about the same as it hit everywhere else, and then since then, oh look, it, uh, our our general goods exports, which is a good indicator of the health of the broader economy, have just flatlined. Well, they haven't flatlined; they've been bouncing all over the place. But the average, if you if you run a kind of a, a, an annual an, a rolling five year average or a rolling one year average, actually, sorry, you'll see that the world and uh, whatever advanced economies actually means. Uh, this is from the FT, uh, have gone up pretty pretty similar pattern, and we're bouncing and scratching around in the bottom. So if anyone wants to, to wonder what the, the UK economy is doing, it is being a sick, sick 
we are the sick man of Europe once more, which is exciting, isn't it? Taking us back to back to back to our historic roots, just like the Tories won. Uh, oh, talking of, of the FT, Jen Jen has has hopped over to the to the FT from from the Manchester Evening News. Uh, as you know, hello hello Jen, um, and uh, did an excellent piece on buses and, and a good little thread on Twitter as well. So hop over and have a look. And and, and we've we've put up bus trends quite a lot, but it's just worth reminding ourselves: private car ownership in in Britain going up. Bus journeys in London also going up and indeed sort of really fast going up once TfL became a proper thing, accelerating pretty rapidly. Uh, we look to bus journeys in cities outside of London. Oh, dear. Dropping through the floor. Uh, if anyone's wondering why this scale is here, this is a log scale. This is important when you're looking at percentages. Like if you use linear scale, this would not be a fair mapping. Whereas you can see that the polar opposite things have happened in London and out, in, inside and outside the M25, essentially, uh, thanks to deregulation. So, um, yes. Oh, um, Let's see. Oh, what, what people are saying some things. Wait a minute, Monty. Uh, in Italy, we're putting all major high-speed stations underground. Yeah, absolutely, Monty. Yeah, uh, th- thanks for thanks for your thoughts. Um, yeah, Lin Manfu is pointing out the graphs from Jen's bus article is superb. So it's worth worth the subscription. I, I, to be honest, journalists like Jen and indeed John Byrne Murdoch, who who kind of does all the data sort of side of things, are encouraging me to get a subscription. And so perhaps that's what we should do is get is is a few of us. Maybe it's worth a subscribing to. The FT. I need to have a look at pricing and how much it is. But but to be honest, I've been very impressed by the FT's uh, journalism of late. Some really good stuff coming out of them through the pandemic and 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 you know with Jen doing bus related stuff. Very good stuff. Xander Veach is, is saying something interesting, which is uh, mobile barcode tickets have now overtaken Magstripe paper tickets. Uh, Trainline PLC on Twitter have the breakdown. That's interesting. Oh, that's a thread I need to go into. Thanks, Xander. Pop pop the thread on uh, at me in you know tag me in uh, Discord and and, and send me. The th- Send me the, the thread on the main chat or in the news if you like. That's a, that's an interesting thing to talk about. What else have we got? Cars, cars, cars. Uh, yes. Uh, this this has this actually happened? There's a discussion of MOTs facing the axe in yet more. Here's how to basically not do anything, but but make it the worst way to not do anything. This is this is via the eye leaking that that, that it's all about cars. Uh, is that the MOTs are going to face the axe? Hmm. I have mixed feelings about this. I'm not even going to go into it, but it's it was mentioned, and I don't know if it's actually happened, but very frustrating. So, oh, streets, flights of fancy. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coventry's. Uh, this is this is a quote from Andy Street. Coventry's urban airport is open. What? No, I don't think it is. What they've done is it appears that they've opened a snazzy roundabout. Another world first, the West Midlands. As we enter a new age of transport and an age of zero emissions travel, this is a revolutionary development for transport logistics and, of course, the environment. What are the bollocks? Uh, what? Flying taxis are stupid. Uh, if people crash cars into each other, uh, and including taxis, if, if these things are crashing into each other in a single 2D plane, just think what it's going to be like when they're smashing into each other in a 3D space. Ah, junk raining from the skies onto people everyone will have to wear hard hats it's just a dreadful stupid idea and also it takes a huge amount of energy to get stuff up into the atmosphere so why waste all that energy and to make them safe all the materials all the bat it's just a junk idea and why are we why why on earth is this a uh, a good thing it appears to be a bar with a no no that's just it it's just a, t- a circular taxi rank with a bar in the middle and there is a circle with a, a oh it's just a stupid idea i don't know just absolute nonsense. 
now this is something I've been tweeting. I was tweeting about this quite a lot back in the before times before I did this this thing. And actually, to be honest, before I had much of a well, not before I had a really big following on Twitter back when it was kind of you know in the thousands. Now it's seventeen thousand. Weird. Why do people listen to me? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I was talking about the fact that the Chinese are coming, and what's quite interesting is that. You know, from a railway's perspective, uh, this is a mistranslation, by the way. They should say trains, not 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 troops. They should say trains. They're at trains. Uh, so this is interesting. Leo Express, which is a Czech operator, have terminated their contract to acquire uh, Chinese serious trains, not troops. Trains, trains. Uh, I don't know the details behind this. I'd be interested to see what the chat is in the Discord about it. But it seems that they are not. You know, the the, the operators not happy with the quality and appears to be terminating the contract either before you know just taking what trains have been delivered so far or perhaps it's just the first order and they've terminated additional orders or maybe they've terminated the whole lot and they're they're acquiring new trains i don't know clearly they're not happy with the quality which is interesting so you know i was talking about chinese trains i actually referred to this particular unit there's a, a version of this that was completely black you know in test conditions and in uh, on the on the test circuit in in the czech republic uh, in czechia and um and I was saying that this is happening. These trains are taking over where European operators couldn't. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Fleet, not trains. It should be Chinese fleet remains. Uh, yeah, well, it's trains, troops. Who knows? Anyway, thanks, thanks, Richard. Um, surely you can't be serious. Thank you. Um, yeah, Chinese progress stalls. Progress into Europe has stalled, which is interesting. Let's perhaps dig into this if I get more information for next time. But, uh, yeah, on the Discord, chat about this. At me in if you've got particularly interesting insights. I'm interested to know exactly what's going on. Oh, another thing. Global Railway Review here with a piece of news. I, I screenshot these to try and make sure I'm crediting these the, the news providers, which is why I do sort of screenshots like this, because it's, you know, it's things that I've picked up on and I just screenshot and dump them in. Hopefully this is all right. It doesn't annoy you. But it, generally I do it to try and kind of mix it around, credit the the the, um, the various kind of uh, news agencies that pick up railway news. So Atkins have completed a thousand accessibility audits of UK railway stations. This is interesting. This is part of the, the stuff that was announced by the GBR you know, the, the William Schatz review and, and sort of was a j- tangentially interesting from a level boarding perspective. I'm interested to know to what extent they will be looking at platforms specifically in this and whether they're just going to be looking at more like, you know, AFA related stuff, um, uh, you know, lifts, tactiles, wayfinding, that sort of stuff. It's interesting. So they've done a thousand. Obviously, there are two and a half thousand stations in the UK. Uh, yes, those buffers are dreadful, Richard. Um, in any case, that is that's happening so they've done a thousand they've got more to do let's i'm look interested to see what the report will be um uh what the report output will be that's certainly something we'll pick through in detail in the in in, in this ah now right that's that's the news so hello everyone um good evening <laughs> um i'm in the rail museum look it's, 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 i'm in station hall and uh yeah this is look i've been very clever because it's I, you thought it was a, a, a live one but it sort of is but with pre-recorded bits um, here's me. Uh, over here is uh, behind me is, is Tim doing some some, some interviews. There he is. Um, and behind over here is um, is the, the the Explore Station setup. So they've got uh, VR set on some pacer seats. Um, there is uh, there's, there's a, a signal box uh, which has got all the gubbins in it. There's feedback station over there. Actually, there's two VR stations because over there are two suitcase structural suitcases to, for people to hang on to to not fall over. Um, what is all this about? Uh, what, what's it relevant to? How does it tie into the to the the new modular or, or hub station proposals? When are they happening? What on earth has it got to do with Glass, Glass Houghton? All these questions and more. Um, I shall be answering hopefully in the next in the next hour on a, on a very ad hoc and unprepared rail matter, but hopefully it'll tie together a bit. 
Anyway, without further ado, welcome to tonight's Rail Matter. The Intercity 225 fades away. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Some of you might remember that uh, that there was a that I did a, a sort of a thread a couple of weeks back uh, as part of a bit of a, a bit of a campaign as I was doing, you know, supporting. Uh, there's a comms team who are, a comms company who are supporting and, and, and facilitating a, a big consultation called Explore Station, and as part of that, they wanted to open the conversation up and raise a bit of interest in the in the consultation. So there was this sort of hashtag Great British Station thing with a ticket. Where is it? Mine's behind me somewhere. Where have I put it? I put it somewhere clever. Uh, I've entirely forgotten where that is. Never mind. Anyway, uh, so so yeah, they've they've, they've done that. They've um, yes, and and. and and so I did. I, I slightly subverted the the, the idea because there are lots of people like this big station and it's great. And for me, it's like, well, okay, yeah, but I don't really have a favourite station because they're they're all different for different reasons and they all have value in various ways. So I'm going to go to one that's near me that's new because it it, it looks at the fact you know build it and they will come. Um, and but it's also a bit pants, whilst also having a huge amount of opportunity and massively exceeded demand when it was open. So this was this was good. So so yeah, so so I, the statement I had was this newish station is, is a, in a mostly forgotten corner of West Yorkshire embodies the phrase build it and they will come perfectly. So so indeed that was my reason for travel. I picked Glass Houghton as my station and uh, that's my name which you know because it just appeared in the credits and um, I, I end up you know you, you can't avoid seeing my stupid name up here all over the place. Uh, my middle name's Alid by the way just in case I don't want that little tidbit for you. Anyway, um more. Yes. First, oh, first of all, yes. Right. So before we talk about Glass Houghton, let us. Oh, Victoria is is visiting the Explorer Station Gallery next week. What can you expect? We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, we'll do it for a variety of reasons. We will we'll do it. We'll, 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 I've got videos and I'll try and and explain through those. Uh, it's going to involve a little bit of me like muting and unmuting my desktop audio because I think it's going to be really loud and quiet in different places. As I say, I've just literally threw this together in about 20 minutes because I've got my lovely niece uh, staying with us. So I've been minimizing non-niece time the last uh, the last uh, couple of days. So let's very quickly do a, have a quick history of repeatable station design because that's what this is all about this this episode's all about network rail's new repeatable station design um and i so i was at an event this morning uh, hence why i was at the nrm um and so I, this is the reason i turned this from a pre-recording to a live is because it will allow me to talk about what i what I, I spoke to all sorts of people who were involved i spoke to network rail i spoke to the design council um i spoke to so network rail buildings and architecture team uh i spoke to uh 7n who are the architects ben at 7n architects from edinburgh uh, had a nice chat with ben ben kind of is like someone i could have been you know it's kind of like the the life i could have had we were both born in the same place probably around about the same time he's a young lad like actually i'm young you know Basically, the two of us have, have a similar sort of uh, pathway, except he went to architecture, which I was interested in when I was much younger. Uh, I went to engineering. Very interesting. Anyway, we had good chats. Uh, had lots of good chats. And I'm hoping that we'll do a Q&A, by the way. And that in that Q&A, anything I've not covered in this gubbins, we'll then, I, you can then ask me and I'll try and cover it. But I'm going to try and cover everything I've chatted about within this. First of all, we're going to have a very, very quick history of repeatable station design. So... Um, yeah, we're going to start with these. So, oh, this is where it's loud, 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 loud. loud. So, good grief. Right, so let, let me, I'm going to restart that. Good grief. Let's do that. So, uh, 
mod X stations. So these are... No. Oh, this is harder than I thought. I'm trying to master the arts, the dark arts. Let's do... Right, let's start there. Okay, okay, right, right. <laughs> mod X stations, here they are. So this is interesting. This is 1959. This is, this is kind of BR era. Um, you might recognize some of these uh, sort of prefabricated elements around uh, rectangular grid, paired column. You might see quite a few of these around. They still certainly exist. This is one. Uh, this is one within West Yorkshire, actually, by the by the the sort of metro area blue and white sign. Uh, wait, a minute, where is is that? Um, oh, actually, is that is that Castleford? Could be, couldn't it? I think it might be. You know, is it? Or maybe it's no, no, no. It can't be because Castleford got a big new um, a big new thing. Plus, also this is electrified, so no, it can't be Castleford. But anyway, wherever it is, it's, it's it looks like it's West Yorkshire Metro. Anywho. Uh, right, so that, the, those are the Mod X stations. That was 1959. So, and indeed, there were other uh, modular systems before that. So, even going back, like right back to the oh, let's let's do let's do if I click back. I don't know how to. Yes, okay, good. Oh, I need to get rid of the scribbles. Uh, good. Now, if I oh, now wait, 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 wait. The the oh, good grief. Oh. Oh, uh, maybe I should just not script. This uh, I, I need to remind myself what the play and pause. I'll I'll map play and pause into things for the future. It's fine. Anyway, so I'm going to just run this on loop. So mod X stations. Then in 1965, you had class, which a lot of people should be very familiar with. Um, these sort of uh, again modular. Uh, then 1970s designed for the 70s. A bit more steel, more glass. Um, then there was the response to that, but it transitioned into kind of still having the square elements, but with new vernacular brick in the late 70s. And then everyone got Tory and decided to respond to that through the 1980s and, uh, and 90s with this sort of inverted commas, small and traditional style with this sort of, oh, let's make it like, you know, pastiche, which I was not a fan of. Then in 2006, you got um, the, the modular station, which I like, but was not hugely successful through the kind of the early 2000s. And I, I was actually involved in, in Corby modular station. You know, I kind of dealt with that or the aftermath of that. I wasn't at Atkins when it was actually built, but kind of the aftermath of dealing with it when we were doubling Kettering to Corby when I was at Atkins. And uh, yeah, and, and actually usefully, and I was chatting to to, to Anthony Dewar, who's at um, who's uh, kind of head of buildings and architecture at Network Rail. He was saying that a lot was learned from this. So even though this has sort of died a death, it, it wasn't wasted. So not only are there quite a few stations that are kind of fine with this, but also, we the, the network rail has learned a lot from what did and didn't work with this, and um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, yeah, if people are interested to know what what my favorite is, I, I I like class, or rather, I like what class was aiming to do. But I think the this one here, the, oh, the, the this one, the vernacular brick is probably my favorite because it was it's uh, it's quite nice. Anyway, right, enough of that. So that's the history of of of, um, of sort of repeatable station designs. But what about hub? the hub station concept what 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 is this what what is it uh let's firstly i can put my little face up if you like should i put my little face up? i'm up here hi everyone uh yeah martha i fully agree the 90 stations are pretty hideous i my least i, I hate pastiche i that that's a, sometimes pastiche can be funny or or fun mostly funny but by and large i've i, I can't think of a of, of pastiche architecture that i'm a fan of i generally despise it for example most new build houses in britain i hate certainly uh thatcher era onwards you know help to buy onwards houses started looking like cottages they have tiny windows and they're horrible um so 
here is an example of a, a, a little snapshot of what what these what these will look like. And I had a VR headset on my head earlier. Uh, I'll, I'll explain that shortly. And um, to have a kind of a wander around, it's quite interesting. It was nice to nice to explore it. But what is the actual concept? What what have Seven N done? What is Network Rail doing? What's the Design Council doing? What's the, what's the, what's how is this going to function? What's what's the point of it? So this is the start of the idea. Is that it's for a long time we've looked at um, we've looked at railways as you know. Stations are a gateway, right? And gateways can be traversed in both directions. And for a long time, we've only really looked at the uh, going into the railway, you know, into the railway environment, and not really thought about coming out again. And and the the point of the, the kind of the, the grounding feature within this design language is actually to integrate stations, small to medium stations. This isn't for big stations. This is for small to medium stations. So it's not even sort of big-ish stations. This is small to medium. But that still covers... I think the best part of 2000 stations or so. So it's still a huge number of stations that this potentially covers. And the idea is that you embed the stations a bit as, as the heart of the community, as a, as a, as a center, as a focal point, as railways should be, as, as, as kind of heavy rail public transport should be the focus of, uh, you know, and it's reminding people that, you know, the permanence of the railway. So, so yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about how successful I think this is going to be at the end in the Q and a, I'm sure. So solve and save your questions, but uh, so this is the idea of it. It's you know, community at the heart of every station, uh, and sort of thinking about what communities do. You know, what are things that people want? What do, what do they like? How is this going to fit into a, kind of the idea of a modular system? Right. Okay. Then you then it's combining that with the kit parts. So you know you've you've got actually there are five. I think there are five elements. I can't exactly remember. It's like the 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 the, the, the station bits. The framework, the the landscape, the canopy, and the clock tower. I think that there's like five elements. Ben, I'm forgive me for for having kind of forgotten exactly what the five are, but it's an example of it. And and it really is supposed to be like a kit of parts. There's going to be a, a huge kit of parts. They'll all be provided as a um, as a sort of a BIM library. So there'll be a CAD model with all these elements to be pulled out in 3D and used as required by the design houses. You know, by the Arcadis, Atkins, Jacobs. Uh, Arup are actually supporting this, so so Arup kind of know what the deal is, but all the other design houses need to pay attention to this stuff. In any case. So you, you've got, you know, you've got a kit of parts, literally like a like like a Hornby set or, or like an IKEA sort of set. You know, all these bits and pieces being pulled. So so you've got you know you've got the the, the landscape elements. You've got the, the the sort of the bits and pieces that will sit around. So you know you've got bike racks. You've got gate ticket gates. You've got sort of sheltered seating, lampposts, all these sorts of features tying in with the canopy, um, uh, tying it, so that's, sorry, tying in with the connecting canopies and then the, the actual final canopy, the PV canopy. You've got the sort of the, the, the boxes that things can be in, uh, end structural points that hold the thing up, different, uh, you know, and, and there are different material choices as well that all this fits together. And then there's a short and, and kind of a tall version of the of the, of the clock tower, you know, the, the, the centerpiece is that the railways become part of the community in a visible part of the community they don't hide sheepishly in a corner with a couple of bus shelters they become it's like hello we're the railway you you should you, you should want to travel with us actually we, we, things are going pretty you know things are pretty good you know we can we, it's, it's pretty good so um uh Raphael points out an excellent episode of uh dr david turner's transport tavern where mr tim dunn joined and talked about uh railway stations from june 2020 yeah it's a really actually a really good companion to this episode actually go go watch that friend of the show tim and i lovely to see him today he was he was out and about so so have a look at this in a bit more detail is, is the, you know the idea that this then is assembled it's put together um you know you've got the the kind of the clock tower here you've got the the canopy elements 
you've got the, the kind of the landscaping. Okay, yeah, here are their car parks, but actually there's, there's the idea, okay, the car parks are fine, but actually they shouldn't block the way that this system fits together. And they're showing that this, you know, this, you know, the landscape element should be co- connected to and coherent with the rest of the station. You know, it's showing how these kit parts can be assembled. You know, you've got the bike, the bike bits, and this will be put together within a design guide, a design guide, much like the, 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 the network railway finding design guide that I think I tweeted about a long time ago. PV is photovoltaic. Yes. So here is an example of what those little pods that were being mentioned a couple of slides back. I'm going to jump back a couple of slides. These sort of pods here, these these modular things, again, they can be used for different things. You know, they're different opportunities. So you can have a waiting pod, florist pod, uh, coffee pod. Just just an example examples of how these they don't want to be. Too, they're not wanting to be too prescriptive. There's a balance that was struck, and in, in the case of the network rail modular stations from the mid two thousands, this was understood to be um, uh, they were too prescriptive in 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 literally how the things will fit together in the manufacturers of these things and this the seven n and network rail are wanting to be less prescriptive and more this is the layout this is what it should look like here is the 3d stuff but actually it can be put together theoretically by any contractor any fabricator can get involved in building this stuff and also that it can be flexible to the needs of the community because ultimately too much rigidity in in its use and it and it won't fit with what the community wants out of the station so there's that there's that balance and to answer the question that victoria's just put in you know should the station architecture change if frequency is increased well the points of the point of this is that so so here you know the DFT categorizes stations by 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 usage and 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 that can change based if if a station is expanding that can change, and so uh, for example you've got category D E and F stations and you can see the scale so so there's one two three four five kind of major canopy sections now there's only three for the category E just two for the category F you can see that it it actually can flex based on on the needs you know, capacity needs so you can see this is a much larger uh, sort of station for the category D. Category F is much less in terms of the facilities, you know, much much reduced, but still the same design language, the same sort of uh, visual aesthetic that you that you get, and you can see that for you know there are options for for curved platforms. They're showing how that works. Um, they're showing how uh, this uh, you know it might work for, for if there's a high embankment, you might have so, so sort of stuff at the top and then stuff kind of connecting down and and how it might work. So so sorry, here's the stuff at the top and then how it or sorry here at the bottom and how that you then get up to the station. Uh, uh, kind of uh, a bit easier here, showing what it might look like. How it is in a cutting, you know how how that that would look. And so you see the point of this is that it that it's flexible, that it that it's a, a system that. The design language is coherent, but it can mix and be adaptable. Exactly, modularity. Modular can be a little bit of a a misnomer in that you think it's just sections that are being applied. This is it's a kit of parts, so it's not so much just modules that you t- swap in and swap out. It's a kit of parts that you can play with that has more flexibility than Network Rail's modular stations did. So, so this is talking about the kit and its different configurations and, and how that pulls together. And so the look, you know, they've they've updated these visuals. These visuals aren't the ones from a year ago. They've they've actually updated them. Uh, so they're kind of giving a bit more of a texture, a feel for the texture of how these look. You know, with the PVs above and, and and all this sort of stuff, and 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 again with a bit of a look at the materials, so you can see the the materials uh, in action. I, I like this. I'm going to be absolutely clear. I like this. I like these a lot. Uh, I like the design approach. I like the architecture team who are working on it. I think they 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 have exactly the right idea for what's going on here. Yeah, it, it's lots of really good stuff. Here's here's fake Widmerpool Station. Um, 
and uh, you can see kind of what the connecting okay there's there's always the renderite risk right of the fact that you know, you've got vegetation and and then it, and then it turns into full peri bar but you know if it even approaches looking like this it'd be a much more appealing pleasant space to spend time in um you know here's so there's a there's a larger station and then again here's a smaller station you know a, a much smaller station kind of that that might be a category d this looks more like a category e smaller station less uh, of a heavy foot but in this case they can see they've omitted the the clock tower because uh, durability doesn't necessarily also just relate to the railway. It might be that you've got a really nimby bunch of people who are not interested in in, in the landmark t clock tower. Fine, planning can get around that by just omitting it. So the kit of parts is flexible in that way, which I like. Um, Tim Barnes asking what the point of the clock tower is. All I can say is go and watch the 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 transport tavern episode where Tim talks about clock towers. Clock towers are an incredibly important unifying feature for railway stations that made them part of a village part of a town part of a even part of a city there's a reason why clock towers have value uh, and actually having that single unifying piece the fact that it is a clock is is almost an irrelevance it's it's that presence that feature um so yes uh yeah i, I quite like Widmerpool. this this made up name definitely a made up name yeah for sure so love this Right, now to explain what was going on at the NRM. I'm going to get rid of my uh, face again. Or am I going to get rid of my face? No, maybe I'll leave my face. You don't need my face. What I'm going to do is mute the um, the desktop audio again because I think there's a load of sound. Oh, maybe I won't, but I'll just turn it down. I'll turn it down. Tell me about sandbar. So this is too quiet. Let me know. I'm going to put it down to about minus 40. And let's see how this goes because I didn't have time to reduce the volumes in all the videos. So, Explore Station. This is what I was going to see. So uh, this, this is kind of... This is the sort of the, the consultation. You can see some VR handsets there. Um, so, so the people collaborating to this thing. So there's Explore Station. You can go to the website, which I'll, I'll, I'll see later. So it's Network Rail. It's the Design Council. It's, it's the Glass House, which is about community-led design. Digital Urban Place, which I think are doing some of the, the, the kind of the CAD elements and Commonplace. It's a collaboration with a few organisations. All good, good stuff. Good, the good um, sort of yeah, uh, yeah. It's a good point. Uh, read about time by David Rooney, if you want to understand why the clock tower is the totem pole of industrial society, which Lin Manfu has just, have just said. Yeah, fully agree. Uh, go and read uh, About Time. Very interesting. So, here is kind of what the layout looks like in the NRM at the moment. You can go tomorrow if you want to. Uh, Victoria, I think, was it? Victoria, you were saying you're going later. I can't remember. Uh, forgive me if that wasn't Victoria, but this is kind of what the layout looks like, right? So, uh, you can see lots of friends. There's Tim filming at the back, and there's Simon from the museum, and, and, and you see the, the team from Carroll there having a kind of chatting about things. Anyway, uh, what is what is going on? I'm going to pause it where I can show you. Right, so you've got uh, this. You kind of come in from this. Oh, you come in from this side. Yeah, and then you go through the VR. Th I should have basically filmed this the other end. So you go through. You go th through the VR stuff. Uh, there's two units, uh, and then you fill out. Actually, you know what? It's better. Just go to my next video. Oh, there's there's a bit of uh, interpretation as well. So it kind of gives you some context as to what on earth this is. Uh, this is interesting because uh, I like this for a variety of reasons. But one of them, if I press space, does it pause? No, it just. Oh, I'm just going through slides. I don't like to, to, to do that. No, don't do that. Anyway, right. There we go. I'll I'll get the hang of doing the mixed live, and, and I still need work needs to go into this. Anyway. Um. So, yeah. This what's interesting here is a brief overview of British Rail. But it's interesting that they're saying British Rail, and then also what's interesting here is firstly that Network Rail. Network Rail to be renamed Great British Railways, which is interesting because that's that's what is explicitly saying is is not happening uh, by certain actors. But I also notice, look to the, look at the other col column here. 
Uh, we're going to look around here in a second. Network Rail is descended from British Rail. I like that. That's the sort of thing you politically could not have said uh, even two years ago. So it's quite interesting to see that being said. Anyway, so there's a bit of background. There's there's, there's that, that thing that I used earlier to talk about the history of, of repeatable British station design. So there's sort of some nice stuff there for you to look at. So some interpretation. Then you join a queue. Then you end up here in these pacer seats, which is the kind of the VR sort of uh, situation. Uh, this is this is open to everyone. You can just go to the museum tomorrow. There's an it's at Shilden then for a couple of days. It's going around the whole country. I'll I'll tease more information about that later. So I don't know what this one is because I didn't get to ride in it because I ended up chatting to too many people. But it looks interesting. Apparently the seats vibrate, so that's very exciting. And the setup is in this little kind of uh, this this little uh, signal box is where the gubbins are. Oh, there's some gubbins here as well. There's a nice platform. So that's where the gubbins are. Um, uh, you can see uh, Frank from Network Rail there sat and soaking it in, looking pleased, having a look around. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, you're sitting there, there's some VR stuff. There's another VR set here, there's two, and we watched people keep kept falling over down the, the VR stairs. Uh, there's Anthony Dura from Network Rail, hello Anthony. Um, uh, and yes, yeah, so you, you kind of control it with the, the widget, and you, you wander around the station, you get a feel for it, you go out into the landscape, and you can see the video in the corner can see here this Tim videoing but you can see kind of what's being seen so you can see the perception of okay coming off the street what do the the sort of canopy bits look like as you come in uh you get to have a wander around you can climb up on the on the platform and have a look around it's it's good stuff so um uh yeah they've also misspelt i don't know they they spelled the station name wrong but it is actually real yeah no, no it's real anyway so all good stuff uh, and then you can put your feedback in so this that you kind of and the intention is that there's there's a, a bit of a longer questionnaire for, for more detailed feedback but also there's post-it notes where you can uh, kind of post your things so it's ideally post something you know post post-it notes on here the logic is that you can um uh you can post stuff things that you think are clever you post in the head things that you love on the heart things that you want to keep in the bag and things you want to get rid of can go in the bin which I think is kind of kind of quite fun. There's a way to sort of, you know, this is a feature in a museum. It's good to get in that. So, so yeah, there's some interesting feedback already. Like the idea of using local materials. Um, didn't like uh, that all the stations looked identical. It's interesting to get that feedback. That's uh, that's interesting, and it's it's like uh, that's you know kind of the point. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So so there's me. I, I quite like the fact that you can adapt this, so you can actually grow the station without rebuilding the whole thing as demand grows. So you can add add extra canopy bits if you want to. That sort of thing. I, I quite like that. And the heart bit is is permanence and pride. You know, you can have a you're reintroducing that thing that the railways did when they first appear. First rail, passenger railways started appearing in the 1820s and 30s, which is looking at permanence, looking at structural permanence, building stations that people feel are connected to, because public transport, the permanence of public transport is really important. So after all that waffling, uh, the question kind of remains, what about Glass Houghton? You know, what, what, why, why on earth was I at Glass Houghton and what's the relevance of this? Um, and hopefully... Uh, I shall explain that. Up, log up your questions, by the way, because we'll do a we'll do a, a Q and A uh, like a Q and A session momentarily. Um, but what about Glass Houghton? Why 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 am I talking about Glass Houghton? What's what, what why? Well, here's Glass Houghton. Uh, oh, it's a bit windy. Don't worry about wind. In fact, I'm gonna turn that down. Um, there's there's some wind. Uh, it's that's nice. There, there's this Glass Houghton station. That's what it looks like. Um, and there's there's me holding my thing, my ticket, in front of Glass Houghton Station. Uh, that's me, yeah. This new station in a mostly forgotten corner of West Yorkshire embodies the phrase, build it and they will come perfectly. Um, yeah, so you might be wondering... 
before I natter, I'm going to put the volume back up again. Uh, let's uh, let, let me do some nattering, uh, and then I'll come back to talk about things. Yeah, so you might be wondering, hello everyone, yeah, that's Glass Houghton behind me, uh, the station that is. The Glass Houghton itself is more that way. Uh, you might be wondering why I've come here, and indeed why I made, uh, why I, when I was doing the social media doodad a couple of weeks ago, why I made this station my, my station of choice to talk about. Well, the reason that I made this station of choice my station to talk about is that um, this is a station that was built in 2005. It was opened in 2005, rather, um, and uh, coincided with services reopening on this line, uh, connecting up towards Leeds. And as is so often the case, demand was hopelessly underestimated. And uh, pretty, you know, for, for at least five years, um, the, the annual ridership was well over double what was originally predicted. In fact, there's a report by, by, by Steer Group that, that goes into quite a lot of detail about that. Um, and the result is a station, here you see it's here, it's a fairly sizable station, but it's a station with two bus shelters on it. They've replaced the bus shelters. They used to be the standard red metro ones, they're now grey. Nice. Um, but they underestimated it for a number of reasons because, firstly, there's a huge amount of, uh, okay, not very nice car-centric retail. There's also the, 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 the big ski slope that's very, very hopelessly outdatedly named Xscape. Just call it the, the Glass Houghton Ski Centre. That's a thing that people will know what it is rather than calling it Xscape. Anyway, the reason I'm going this way is because over here is a big car park. It's quite nice weather actually today. So there's a large car park, there's the way down to the platform. As we go this way, I'm just going to spin around because behind me is a large, or rather not nearly large enough, uh, park and ride car park. Here it is. Park and ride car park that is pretty well connected to the M62. So the main, the main sort of east-west uh, Trans-Pennine motorway uh, and easily connected for all of this quite spread out region, kind of a built up urban area really, that is West Yorkshire. And the whole of this bit of West Yorkshire is just super, you know, a few fields separate large towns. You know, Castleford over there and, and Glasshouten kind of nearer. Glasshouten itself is about, about 15,000. Castleford in total is 40 plus thousand. Um, these are large population centres. And Castleford station has just had a, a bit of a rebuild. In fact, its second platform is opening that second platform is opening well <laughs> it's opening mostly for it to be a diversion route um actually that plat there are no plans to, to to retain that platform in long-term service you know because but the um the service is going that way and the other station here is at, at glass Houghton. there's two stations um and they're both very well used they're incredibly well used the train i just got it's the middle of the day it's the middle of, a, of the day on a day that's not that shouldn't be that there's no reason for it to be particularly busy, and yet it's absolutely rammed. The trains are all rammed. Yeah, so the trains are all rammed. Uh, Mike, I am wearing a lapel mic. I quite like the 3D nature of turning to and from the mic. It's fine, people can still hear me. Um, yeah, so here's cars, and there was a railway. I always quite like that. So there's a nice thin railway with trees. That's, that's nice, isn't it? And then a much lower capacity road with a good grief, a huge number of cars. Frightening. Uh, but anyway, that's a thing. Uh, whatever. Well, let's let's just briefly, let's very briefly, kind of look at. Um, you know, I'm conscious of time, but let's uh, let me go over to uh, Open Street Map. In fact, uh, let me go to Open Street Map because uh, I want to show you. Uh, there we go. I'm in Wales. That's that's fine. Let I'm going to show everyone. Uh, in fact, I'm going to just do this and then do this. There we are. So where was I? Where is Glasshouten? 
uh, or Glass Houghton sometimes pronounced, but all the people, in fact, the 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 train the the train manager the ticket person collecting tickets corrected someone else to to Glass Houghton. So I'll stick with that. If the locals are correcting people, here's Wakefield. Uh, why have I gone to Wakefield? I want to be going up to Castleford. So the train. I should have put the video in because I have this. So you you come out of Leeds. Uh, do, 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 do. This this big old line that, 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 that it serves like hundreds of it serves like a hundred and so and so hundred and twenty thousand people. This line uh, it comes into Castleford, reverses horribly uh, in a bit of a messy way. Uh, this way, eventually, the, the, rather than doing it on a cross over here, it'll do it on a cross over here, which is what I'm currently working on. Form B just issued um, through here. Uh, this is why I picked Glass Houghton, by the way. But anyway, then to Glass Houghton, which was opened in 2000, late 2004, December 2004, I think. Uh, there's the big ski doodad um, and the, the the car park there. And you can see that it's right next to the... This is the M62. So it's actually a really good position. This is a station that's really good for commuting into, you know, getting into Leeds without worrying about parking and so on. So great, fine. You know, that that's that's terrific. And it's on this nice section of stray, and then you go into Pontefract and then Nottingley and then disappear off whatever you want to after that point. And and this should really be an S you know, it should be an S band type service. And it isn't, it's one train an hour, which is hopeless. But it's worth just pointing out this whole area, this this is a hugely densely populated let's just pull up the kind of the regular uh, uh, open street map. You can see that this is a really densely populated area. This, this is sizable population centres here. And um yeah, hello to everyone in Wakey, yes. Um, yeah, exactly, Martha. You're you're right. It's, it is a running joke about how rubbish the services are. And yes, there there are lots of options that you could do to to spin that round. You know, a new proper Castleford station, or there are options that you could do. It's but it's for me. It's tip. It's it typifies the whole rail network, which is that it's it's crap. The rail network is crap, and not in, it's crap in that it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really. It isn't designed at all to connect our population centre. It's several disparate companies all competing with each other to carry mineral goods around. That's not a useful way to consider. And most of them oriented towards London, actually. So they don't make very much sense at all for connecting into Leeds. It's hopeless. And in our, you know, and I will be looking at in a future episode what the rail network should look like for this area. If you were going to redesign it from scratch and ignore all the current railways, what it should look like. And then, and then looking at how you then change the current network to match what the, that network should look like, just like we're going to do for the East Midlands soon as well. So that's what it's all about. But you can see it's a very populated area, dismal rail network. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's lots of things that kind of work, but then, then get messed up by things like the Castleford reversal and by you know single track sections and all this mess. Um, so there's all that sort of stuff. Um, where is the new White Rose? station i can't remember where the new white road station is actually where is it i should know that i know where the um the the the, 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 the new uh, leeds bradford parkway station is up here the new uh thorpe park station is over here uh yeah anyway they're also building this stupid road up here that's a right old mess that's just why are they building it what a waste of everything anyway that's the that's that's the area so that's a bit of context in the area uh, and yeah so so glass out it's uh you know it's fine so it's a fine station here is metro with the metro branding um and it's you know it's it's got it's got a certain size to it uh and uh, you know it's got these sort of glorified bus shelters that are slightly smarter than a bus shelter but they're still they're still just a bus shelter um uh there's lots of people shouting loudly i can i can turn that down sorry i was getting distracted um and uh just south of cottingley oh thanks benjamin carl lovely um yeah so that's that and uh, you know it has some features it's got the station it's got the, it's got this tap in tap out thing which is not really as good as oyster in fact i have absolutely no idea how this system works um just just no idea how that works but it, you know it's the sort of thing that probably would be good if, if it 
been allowed to grow properly and be an actual tap in tap out system but i think it's like northern specific i have no idea how it works and it's never something i've even looked into because i presume it just won't work um but it was heaving i got off the train and it was absolutely heaving um you know loads of people got off the train i can't remember i, I should have counted the numbers properly but this video doesn't even capture all of them but loads and loads of people got off the train and reached up reached up the stairs off to go and do things clearly pretty uh pretty frequent you know pretty busy railway this this is in the middle of the day it was like a 1 a.m 1 a.m 1 p.m train so you know, given that the station is fairly silent wait a minute let me go back here and unmute my face and then go again anyway right let, let's say some stuff so you know given that the station is fairly sizable um you know okay it's, it's got bus shelters but it's a fairly sizable station it has you know all these features going for it um, you know, the, this, this huge catchment area, not just the local 15,000-ish people of, of Glasshouten, not just the, 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 the leisure complex, not just all that stuff, but a lot, you know, the, the connectivity for park and ride, the potential uh, on that front as well, connecting buses. Why, why, why is it, you know, why is, is ridership, you know, bumping up against, and indeed, you know, it's not, people are wanting to travel more from this station. Yeah, why is that? Why is that me? Uh, why, why indeed? Uh, it's, it's a nice enough station, right? What I like here, and I pointed this out when I had a chat with the architecture team, in, uh, is, oh, yeah, there's, the, there's Xscape. So you can see there's all this money being spent on the civil engineering. Let me just, uh, I won't pause it, but all this money spent on the civil engineering, you know, millions, probably the best part of 10 million quid or whatever it was, way overpriced. Uh, and then probably the best part of like 30, 40 grand spent on the, um, 30, 40 grand spent on the thing that the passengers actually need to use. Which I always find a bit of a joke. Just, uh, just really frustrating. Um, uh, yes. Anyway, fundamentally, you know, stations across the country, suburban stations particularly, you know, stations in built-up areas like like these, the ones across West Yorkshire and South Yorkshire, are not going to improve ridership. You're not going to get better. You know, more people travelling modal shift towards rail off cars if you have a one-hour train it's just the it's as fundamental as that and you can make the train bigger you know you can add a couple of cars but the reality is frequency is freedom and unless you have a frequent service that people know that they can turn up to the station and rely on people are not going to travel by train in greater numbers than they do currently and how do we achieve that well okay yes we can certainly upgrade these lines it's absolutely crying out for electrification there are lots of junctions that could do with reorienting and particularly this one the fact that we have to reverse the fact that we have to reverse in casford is obviously okay it's necessary given the track layout but it's also ridiculous fundamentally we need to be taking the long distance services out of out of the way getting the long distance services out of the way in leeds and that means northern powerhouse rail needs to upgrade the junctions through leeds uh, you know, potentially making use of Holbeck Junction, but also you've got to get those long distance services that should be sat in the T platforms that, that HS2 was supposed to build, get those out of the current station onto those new platforms. Talk about being car centric. Um, without doing that, without those, that release of capacity, you're not going to be able to get more services in through the congested tracks on the approaches to Leeds. So, you know, it's systemic. Uh, and much as I, I think it's good that we, we try and have, a, I think it's good to have a unified design language of what stations should be, make people more proud of what their stations are. Fundamentally, a station is a means by which people get onto trains. And if there's only one an hour, there's not much to bring them here, is there? Yeah, two car stop. How embarrassing for a system. Exactly as you say, Martha, a 158 is a joke. Firstly, it's a long distance train. Uh, you know, it's not designed for quick on and off. Uh, secondly, it's just tiny. It's 150 seats an hour. It's absolutely rubbish.
Oh, so, um, funnily enough, if you provide a one hourly service with 140-ish, 150 tops maybe, seats per hour in each direction, um, even though the train's only 25 minutes, uh, you know, we're only 11 miles from uh, Glasshound here, uh, people won't use the service quite as much, although every train is full. So if you run more trains, chances are more people travel, but um, there you are. As I said, frequency is freedom. Uh, it's not just about the station building that puts people off, but there we go. And, and kind of with that, you know, I think it's, I, I don't want to down, put a downer on the Explorer station process and the new hub station. I think it's fantastic, right? Um, and indeed, uh, if you want to get involved in, if you want to go and see the see one of these consultation sessions and actually experience it yourself, go and chat to the people involved in developing the pro, you know developing the the, the, the new station design, you know the repeatable station design, the hub station uh, system. Uh, then you can go to explorestation.commonplace.is uh, or just search Explore Station Consultation or Explore Station Network Rail, and you'll get the link pretty easily. Um, and you can go and find, and, and they're they're going around quite a few locations. They're going, in fact, you know, let's let's immediately. Oh, you know what? I did I, I did a thing for this. So here's the website. Uh, you know, it's to share your ideas. You can sort of at, put your email address in and say uh, and keep keep updated about it. There's some stuff at the hub station. There's some nice. There's a nice website. They're saying what the process is. So they've done the. You know, they've done uh, Think Station, Reimagine Railways Competition, Design Development, Explore Station now, Design Development. Um, then kind of uh, delivering for communities. And then next, it's de detailed design and delivery guidance, um, uh, the the station, and then the station delivery, actually seeing it happen. So they're, 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 it's a nice website to show you what's going on. Um, and if you want to have your say, well, firstly, they're showing different places where they've got, you can look at the responses that have happened, you know, different responses. Um but you can now book to attend their events. So it's, it's very easy to find that on the website. You click on the front. So in fact, if you go back to home, you just click, uh, just go down here and click book now to attend events. Easy. And you can go through. And so there's there's York, which is today and tomorrow. Okay, too late today. Actually, it's not. It's, oh no, yeah, it finished at seven. Uh, tomorrow, you can go and, uh, and and look if you're in York. 7th and 8th of May, it's in Shildon. Um, it's in Bluecoat Chambers in Liverpool on the 11th of May. Uh, dinner provided, apparently, which is exciting. Uh, that's uh, 6 till 8, uh, 30. Manchester Immersive Experience at um, Mossy, the Museum of Science and Industry. That's the 11th, 12th and 13th of May. There's another Manchester workshop on the 12th of May, specifically for families from 2 till 4.30. And so on, Hereford, Paisley, Brighton. And then an online workshop that they're having on Zoom uh, on the 26th of May. So not as many sessions as I'd like, frankly. And actually, everyone on the project was saying, we'd like to do more of this. But, you know, fun. It, it's expensive to set these up. And time is short. The sketches are really nice. I like these. These are the sorts of sketches I do for my design in my design job, actually. I, I love these. Uh, in fact, frequent watchers of the show might have seen some of these who also have done work with me, particularly those who have done work with me on gauging projects. So, yeah, I, I do like this style. This is the sort of style I do when I'm doing, like, survey extent explanation and, and, and design intent uh, uh, kind of sketches anywho that's all good stuff so if you want to see more of that uh, then go to explorestation.complace.is oh so uh martha would like dinner yeah me too i've not had food yet let's go let's go big face hello everyone uh i hope that was that was all right Let, let's look at the questions uh richard smith saying odd it's not in london at all no i don't think it is odd that it's not in london at all london's fine uh i think it's it's good to it, it's good that this is not taking a London-centric approach. Go, yes, this might be used in and around London, but actually it's other places I think that will benefit most from it. So go, go look at them. Uh, we're not done yet, everyone. I know the numbers are sort of pitching down a little bit, but let me go through this uh, chat. 
Oh, yeah, you can't see me pointing at things because my mouse wasn't showing the SOS. It's fine. Uh, I think people got the general gist. Oh, uh, yeah, chop me your questions now if I've missed them. I'm going to go back through and try and... Okay, right. Owen O'Neill is saying, so where are the new stations going to get rolled out first? Um, Northumberland Line, question mark, question mark? No. Uh, that's an open question. And there are kind of three different ways that, 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 that it might work. One of them is that it just gets absorbed into the general station renewal processes, which is probably a bit slower. The next is that um, exist, you know, pr more new station or station upgrade projects in, in, inherit this as a, a kind of a the first, you know, first in class sort of roll out a few of these. And the third is that actually just some new stations that haven't got any work planned at all. Sorry, some existing stations that haven't got any work planned at all will have this rolled out as a way as, a, as some test case. Actually, I think all three is probably it should be involved in, in, in the renewal thing long term. But I think the picking a couple of projects to insert this system into. Uh, and also just picking some stations to just do it from scratch with. You know, some existing stations to do it from scratch with is probably the right approach. They need to test, to really stress test this. So, But they are they don't know where it's going to be because obviously there's a lot of politics at play at the moment. And also we don't know exactly when this is going to be finished. Now it's right that this doesn't get rushed. So who knows exactly? Uh, Martha corrected me. The line was not reopened. Well, no, that's true. The service, the station was opened. The service kind of uh, was running through there. The cat leads Pond TV a cast have been a thing for, for ages. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um uh richard smith the history of gb station standardization is the xkcd we now have 14 standards comic how do we avoid this and uh how do these last a decent number of years for for a change yes very good point a lot's been learned from the network rail modular station uh system from the mid 2000s and for sure there's, there's not and, and it has to this this project has to get through the gbr process uh, i was like the main thing i was saying the main risk is that it has to get through that process um but if it does i think this will stick peter hendy cares about this project specifically uh, i think this will happen and a lot of effort has gone into this and, and i and the approach that it's being absorbed into the it's essentially being absorbed into the new version of this the the corporate identity manual um it, it will become a key feature of of the railways uh, of the of the the GB rail network going forward, so I think it'll become part of the GBR uh, process as well. Uh, keep checking me more questions. So, uh, dead cat might be a better option. No, it is a de that is a dead cat. It does have a dead cat. Look, it's here. I can show you. It, it is a dead cat. That is a that's a dead cat. That's what that is. Uh, it's fine. It's not too windy. Uh, it it works absolutely fine. The, the I don't mind the, it getting a bit quiet when I look away. That's that's uh, you'd have that no matter what I had. I'd always end up with that. That's not that's not something you can avoid. Uh, so, da 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 da, can't see the yeah, fine. The way trains wander across poorly aligned corridors in reverse randomly in that part of West Yorkshire reminds me of bashing rural lines in Czechia, Poland, and the Balkans, yeah, for sure. Just out the cotton. Thanks, Benjamin Cowell, yeah. Um, Tom, as part of the fixing the railways, how do you fix the pricing? Uh, oh, discussion of different ways. Yeah, that's a whole, I'm not even going to get into that, it's just a whole different discussion, but, um, yeah, that's, that's how do you fix pricing? Oof. Uh, Richard Smith again. Brit uh, British station design and urban planning makes some quite large, busy area stations feel like a small town without much demand, especially compared with their Dutch equivalents. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Martha pointing out how much glass. Hopefully, I did in my little piece to camera there. You, you got the idea of how much glass out and serves and how much of an important station it is and was massively underestimated as such. Uh, agree with frequency is freedom. Yep. Um, upcoming Northumberland line is a 30 minute timetable. Not very good. Uh, uh, Victoria, should the station architecture have changed if the train frequency has increased? Oh yeah, I kind of addressed that. Yeah, it does adapt. Um, Sketches rendering of architecture look better than reality. Yeah, that, that's that's the render right question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Bailey about is this just for whenever a station needs to be rebuilt? It, probably yes, 
but they might do some pilots on existing stations that don't need to be built. I'm hoping that there'll be a bit of a rolling program of, of doing this, but that, that's a bit of a political question, but it's a good one. Hopefully I kind of answered it earlier as well. David Shepard asks, uh, how easy will it be to expand modular stations? I think it will be quite straightforward. They, yeah, they can... I don't know about reusing elements needing to be removed, but certainly it'd be um, uh, easy to expand stations, the modular stations as required. That's that's kind of a, a, one of the requirements uh, of the system, so that's good. What happens in 20 years when architectural trends change? Well, the idea of this is that it can be a little bit can evolve a little bit um but also you know if, if we do 20 years of new stations with this pr approach then then great it'll be as, as successful as clasp ended up being if people even if people don't like it um i i'm fine with that and I, I think it, it, i do think this is a reasonably timeless uh design but bearing in mind that a lot of construction needs to be happening the next 20 years let's you know doubling rail rail usage by by the middle of the century i think that's actually fine um any chance of getting Barry Doin on fairs? Possibly, Simon. Possibly. Um, yeah, Martha's saying... Uh, yeah, agreed, Martha. I don't think it's a huge problem for things to change up every decade. Oh. Um, uh, let's see. So, okay, lots of good discussion there. If you jump me some more questions, I'll scoop up any last ones at the end, but I think that's kind of covered everything. Let's go back to uh, Get Me to My Face. So, uh, it's available in the usual podcasting locations. Uh, those ones, all six plus of these, you can get it wherever you want it to be. Uh, what else? Oh, tomorrow. I didn't put a plug in, but I'm going to do it anyway. T uh, tomorrow is... Oh, I'll... I'll yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I'm going to do it now. In fact, I'm going to go big face. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to do the end. I'm waffling. Podcasting platforms, patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis for the Patreon, maskette.co.uk slash collection slash railnatter for the merch, paypal.me slash Gareth Dennis for, for uh, abuse directions, and garethdennis.co.uk slash discord for more of the YouTube chat happening. Um, next week, episode 113, um, we are going back to the comment report uh, to finish off, hopefully, because we I, don't, I know I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but I, I, we are running out of stuff to go through now. I'm going to then, once I've done that, I'll go back and rename the episodes and kind of reorient them into a bit of a more coherent series, because just having part four underneath isn't hugely helpful. But that, that'll be happening next week. Let's go back to my big face. Tomorrow night, tune in to Secrets of the London Underground, if that's the sort of thing you want to do, because it should be, uh, should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Another Tim episode, Tim and City. Uh, bringing us some secrets land underground that should be fun the thing i was going to say uh is um well that was the thing i was going to say let's uh oh there's more questions so master trams do you know if it's possible to add and take away from the kit apart so to take and add options for house consultancy companies to use um uh, for in-house consultancy company or for non or for, for a kind of design so this will be for the design consultants to use it'll be a, a, it'll be an open source kit of parts for anyone to pick up so even if there's someone trying to make you know do renders of a station for for some housing developer or whatever they can get this kit they can get hold of the cad work for this kit of parts it's going to be open source you know it's it's going to be entirely kind of open open source really uh, richard smith are there any efforts to try to reuse adapted existing facilities first rather than rebuild yes so this can be used to plug into existing stations without reconstructing anything the idea is that actually it's enough that the, the, the organic nature that that look the architectural style can actually be fairly complementary or not uh, not in, intrusive to existing station stuff so even older station buildings that maybe the station building exists but isn't a station in station use you know maybe it's a higher higher you know higher cottage or whatever you might be able to add some of the canopies and, and still kind of be in keeping with it so the, there are approaches to that um uh, tom just tom it's just tom if the concept of the modular station being an integral part of the community it's in um then does the design need to be wider to include tram bus hubs instead of just parking yeah this is an interesting point that i raised about to what extent will this integrate with other systems yes it will integrate bus um as well and cycling the idea is that it can incorporate that stuff but 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 um 
yes, there is the argument, and I had a discussion slightly adjacent to this about identity. There is an argument that there is a um, a situation where there's you know Wales and Scotland are way ahead of England now in terms of attempt, beginning. The, in fact, Wales is ahead of everyone in terms of integrating. You know that consultation that I'm hoping to get someone to talk about the integration of bus, rail, tram, light rail, whatever it happens to be. They're way ahead on that, and I think that. Um, this would need to account for that. And I think it does. And yes, you could add extra things to the kit of parts, depending on what's needed. I think that, that it will certainly evolve as, it, as, as it's better understood. Um, what channel the secrets on the, of the of the London Underground on? It's on Yesterday TV. So you can go and watch it on Yesterday TV. You can watch it online quite easily um, if you're in the UK. If you're not, soz. Uh, what else? Da, 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 da. Simon Wadsworth, uh, Mr. Beginning, is the Footbridge lift standardisation part of this? Uh, not part of this project. It's a separate project, but they are going to... There's a little bit of a conflict in that they don't entirely talk to... Well, they, they are different with different aims. So it's going to be a little bit like that is not actually integrated into... the not entire bit of, you know, arse elbow, should you say. But there, there was a competition, if you remember, for the new station footbridge. And it was a separate competition to the Explorer station, to this hub station thing. So a little bit of frustration that there's, they're not connected there, actually. That's kind of annoying. But ideally, they can... the, the the footbridge can use materials that are being proposed as part of the hub station designs and, and that'll tie things together. So, great. I, yeah, I think that, okay, that, that's it for questions. Let's let's wrap up before, you know, it's quarter past and I've got a niece to go and um, entertain. So, and also some dinner to eat, as all of you do. We'll talk about branding soon, I'm sure. Uh, plenty to talk about on, on branding of GBR. I think that's something to come back to in the future. In any case... Everyone, thanks for joining me. I hope this is okay. Sorry it's a bit messy with my, me jumping in and out of videos and such, but uh, hopefully it worked not too horribly in audio only. I don't know what the sound balance will be like. Fine. Um, I will see you all. Um, like uh, uh, David Shepard asked, would it be possible for the modular stations to include big art? Yes. So they'll have maps, big art. That's a, that's a possibility to uh, kind of connect it together. Um, has Jeff introduced me to the fellow from the hometown? Was, no, he hasn't. Right. No, you're not too slow. It's fine, David, uh, and you're fine, Mike. Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio!